0: One of the problems with contemporary social media discourse is the jumping around and jumping ahead in a conversation, misusing terms and axioms and similar sorts of things, and especially not taking the time to actually have a conversation and instead fail to learn and understand what the other person is actually saying and thinking. We're far too quick to make these assumptions and judge a Christian as we do all Christians based on a limited set of Christians that we have met in the past. And that gets done to people who are atheists and people who are Muslims and any other sort of tribe you can think of or sort of category you can put someone in. There's a lot of lazy thinking that goes on where we just assume Everything about them based on some experiences that we've had before. And this can make us too quick to assume the person's actual position and all of their entailed beliefs, whether they're rational in holding that position or not. And some people just start naming fallacies at this point, often incorrectly. And they really should be trying to have a dialogue and reach some accord with the person, perhaps question them a bit more on why they think that and how they came to that conclusion. Um, So we often fail to actually have a conversation with someone and we throw out these erroneous statements based on poor assumptions. Now, there is a difference between a belief and a claim. A belief is something you accept as true or think most likely concludes the case and a claim is something you say is true. And in general, if someone claims something is true, then they would also believe it is true as well, in the same way that if someone has knowledge something is true, they would also believe it is true. Uh, Obviously, there are outlier cases where people are making false claims, but for the context of this video, I don't think they're important to address right away. So, sure, there is a claim involved in a belief. You claim that you believe something, that you hold a particular attitude towards a proposition, but we don't have access to anyone's mental states and therefore it's not something we can prove, but in general when someone says they believe something, we can take them at their word. Generally, people don't say they believe things that they don't, except for outlier cases, perhaps people are trying to fit in or someone's trying to con you or something like that. But again, this doesn't really apply to the sorts of social media conversations I'm addressing with this video. So when you do or don't believe something, the only real duty you have is to yourself. And even then, that duty only applies to you if you care about rationality. So, your primary duty to any belief position that you hold is to yourself. Now, rationality deals with the way we reason. Reasoning using the rules of logic and probability theory. Now, this would entail certain things like having no strong evidence against your position no contradiction in any of your beliefs all of your statements are completely coherent. not using fallacious reasoning um, but also realizing that not all reasoning uh, is fallacious so for example there are some authorities that you can trust without it being a fallacy and this would tie into other things like Uh, good theories of testimony, and all sorts. So if we care about rationality, our burden is to justify our position, at least to ourselves, so that we can ensure we are holding a rational position. So rationality deals with the way you reason. Everyone has a burden to justify their position to themselves if they care about rationality. You can be wrong, at least without knowing it, and still be rational, and you can be correct and irrational. However, rationality is definitely something that would usually lead one to truth if all information was available to you and it was analyzed accurately, mitigating all bias, which is actually hard to do because bias is completely built into us. So one's rationality is somewhat relative to the information available. Someone in an epistemic bubble could be rational for believing something that outside of that bubble would be wildly irrational. It can be said that uh, one can only be as rational as they can be. Uh, So, for example, we should judge a child as a child. They do not have fully developed brains, or have learned uh, adequate reasoning skills, and therefore their behaviour is far less rational by default when compared to an adult. Um, And this relates to the information available too, forming an opinion based on three bits of information that point to a single conclusion, and not being able to find anything else would be rational to accept that conclusion, even if that conclusion was wrong. Uh, But if you then later found some information that leads elsewhere and shows that the original conclusion is wrong, it would be irrational to maintain said original conclusion. So just to recap again, rationality should be judged in a more relative way and based on your reasoning, not the conclusion. So someone can have a conclusion that you think is irrational but you don't know without speaking to them how they got there they could be rational in that conclusion so what about in conversation though well this is where the whole burden of proof often comes out and is strongly misused Um, as standard the burden of proof especially the legal burden of proof does not apply to conversation at all it does not apply, right? No one owes you anything in conversation. This is not a courtroom. This is not a formal debate. There is no one presiding over the conversation. This is not a lab setting. This is not academia. It's social media. So, in general, the burden of proof does not apply to conversation and no one owes you anything. But that said, when we engage in conversation, we do enter a certain social contract with them. Uh, a standard conversation has the sort of social contract where you know you might ask questions, give answers, discuss things, try and investigate things, just talk about things that interest you. But there's this constant back and forth. We Don't just stonewall someone with short phrases and dismissive statements. Um, So this shouldn't be the way that we deal with conversation on social media either. There is, with this social contract, a sort of discursive burden to explain your reasoning to your discussion partner, should they ask. Uh, Let me give you a few examples of how this can go wrong and maybe some advice on getting it right or at least better than these examples. Um, Just to remind you though, engaging in conversation means you agree to a sort of social contract and through that you may have a discursive burden. So. We'll assume a conversation between um, atheist and any old lack of belief atheist. The theist might say something like, I believe God exists. Now, prove it isn't an appropriate response here. Um, One, they cannot prove that they believe that. You probably mean, though, that prove God exists. Um, But they have not made a truth claim, so they just sort of told you what they believe. Uh, they're not trying to convince you to believe them with that statement, at, at least not yet. That may come later in the conversation, but you're jumping ahead. If you assume that that's where it's going again, they're just telling you what they believe. And you also wouldn't act that way with other statements. You know, uh, I went to the beach yesterday. Oh yeah. Prove it. Uh, I finally did a kickflip, uh, the, the weekend. Oh, prove it. I believe my wife is being faithful to me. Oh, prove it. So, this shouldn't be uh, treated any differently. Um, And in regard to this statement, I believe God exists, I don't believe you is also not a great response because instead of focusing on what they believe and why they believe it, you've actually shifted the conversation onto you and why you don't believe. This actually shifts the burden of proof onto you. And if they ask why not, you'd be wrong for telling them that they're shifting the burden of proof, because it was you that actually did the shifting in the first place. And instead, you could ask them why they believe what they believe, and take the time to actually listen to their response and address some of the things that they say. They might have some good reasons, even if you don't find them compelling. You can then discuss why you don't accept certain bits of their reasoning and provide your justifications. See, it's much better to view the conversation as a friendly game of badminton uh, rather than uh, some sort of battle that has to be won or a debate. And you should try and keep this rally going until someone drops the cock. So just to remind you, it's better to engage in conversation rather than stonewall people with short responses and name fallacies. Now, even in a legal setting where there's claims of innocence and guilt going around, uh, this is still sort of true. It's not just up to the prosecution to prove the guilt. The defense still has to cast doubt on the claims and evidence provided. They can't do that by just saying, I don't believe you and I don't think you've met your burden. And if they were to complain about you shifting the burden of proof, instead of actually engaging, they, they wouldn't win any cases. So even in a legal setting, there is this back and forth, like the game of Berminton that I mentioned before, that burden isn't just on one person or one side. But a conversation isn't a formal setting like a court. Yet people try and use this legal burden of proof where it doesn't apply, and sort of use it incorrectly. They negate the Duties of what the defense are supposed to do in relation to anything provided by the prosecution. What's more, and this is kind of strange, that on social media the demand for evidence and what will actually be accepted as evidence seems much higher than in the courtroom. The idea that all evidence has to be at least empirical, often meaning scientific, and supported by some peer reviewed paper. Again, it's not actually how the real world works. Even if the theist is making a claim like God definitely exists, they still don't owe you anything, really. But I would say they have raised the burden on themselves. A truth claim is much harder to fulfill, especially with something metaphysical. In general, this sort of claim isn't something we should expect any scientific evidence for unless there's a claim about this God affecting the physical world and a way to sort of test it. At best, one that claims to know God exists uh, can tell you their experiences. Now that won't convince you, but it will let you know what convinced them. Experiences are very powerful things. And well, at least to the one that can uh, experiences them anyway. And in this, you can tell that you know once you've you've experienced something, if you anything that it was, generally you're going to accept it at least first, you might think on it. And there might be some things that are unlikely, maybe some things that you experienced when you were younger that you've just always assumed the case and not gone back to uh examine we have a lot of erroneous beliefs from when we were children um so if they tell you what they've experienced you've got to appreciate that this was very powerful to them and a response like that's an anecdote or anecdotes are not evidence uh is is not really great and not only because anecdotal evidence is a form of evidence albeit quite a weak and uncompelling form but all it does is really stop the conversation. Again, you've got this stonewalling going on. I mean, from here, you can engage differently and ask them how they knew it was God or investigate other things that it could be explained by. It may just come down to them having a feeling like it was God. From here, you can't really move that conversation forward. They had an experience and feelings wrapped up in them. Uh, you have reasons to think that experience isn't what it seems. And, you know, that is sort of where you get to i suppose you could get to a a point where you go well this isn't really knowledge it doesn't fit into any theory of knowledge simply having a feeling that this thing is the case isn't really anything that will even fit into justified true belief so it's definitely not epistemic knowledge um so, perhaps what they claim to know is just a very strong belief. But that conversation also seems a little bit pointless to me. There are plenty of theists out there that, given the chance, you can have a great conversation with them and about their beliefs and the various reasoning behind them. And they won't try and convince you to believe what they believe. They'll just have an honest conversation with you. You just have to be willing to engage. And if you're not willing, to engage, why are you actually in this conversation in the first place?